it's the next level. No, we broke out of your little game. That's how we got here. No. Wrong. Every step you took to get here. Clementis, the void. I paved the road. You, you just walked down it. Hey panelists, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this is going to be a spoilerful podcast about the final episode of Marvel's Loki. That would be season one Loki. And the synopsis for this episode, well, the title is, For All Time, Always. The clock is ticking in the season finale, which finds Loki and Sylvie on a date with destiny. Which is pretty funny. They certainly were on a date. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely a date for them. A lot of mischief going on there. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, we're going to go right into our initial thoughts. So, Steve, what was your initial thoughts? I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it even more the second time. And, you know, I, I can't, it's probably not going to go down necessarily as my favorite. But, uh, you know, Disney, I, I commented on this in, on the Facebook uh, thread that we had. Disney's got to be, got some good security on their stuff because nobody knew that Loki had already been, you know, approved for a second season or uh, confirmed for a second season. And so the fact they had that card in there or they inserted it right at the end, whatever to tell us was really, really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I mentioned also they kept under wraps and I won't say it here just in case no one's watched the second season of the Mandalorian. If you haven't watched the second season of Mandalorian yet, I don't know what you're, what you're doing waiting but there's this huge reveal in the last episode of that that they were able to keep secret like i can't believe they kept it secret for as long as they did hmm. maybe that's you know. disney's new thing now uh, at yeah. the end of every second season is going to be something really cool to look out for so hopefully we get this for something else yeah uh, unfortunately wandavision was only a uh, mini series for its time a short-lived mini series and this is actually a season. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Did they mention a movie for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or was it... Did they, yes. They, no, they, yeah. well, they, no, they didn't make it... They, they didn't make an announcement until after the last episode aired that Captain America 4 is coming. The movie. Yeah. The movie, right. And not They're a season. So, that yeah. was another one-off, if you think about it, as another... Yeah miniseries as right. I don't think they yeah I don't think they've announced a second season I don't know how they would do a second season of that show it would be it, it would be different for sure they would have to call it Falcon and the White Wolf or Captain America and the White Wolf oh yeah so Captain just, America you know. and the White Wolf yeah now yeah but I think you're right I think that I think Captain America and the Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldiers was for most of the run was just a limited series and this is the one the one that's going to go into a second season yeah but, yeah, I have to agree with you. I really did enjoy it. Not the best of episodes, but very well written for me. And I, there was a hell of a lot of dialogue in this episode, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it that was needed to set up 
the villain in the multiverse that we have to endure within this new phase of Marvel. So we we finally get the background to this character, at least. Uh, a lot of people who are not comic fans will get to realize who this character is. Mm-hmm. But we never get his name. <laughs> but it is Kang the Conqueror, and I'm glad that Marvel didn't pull a it was Loki all the time, or <laughs> Loki all along, just like in WandaVision uh, with this episode. I'm just glad uh, to know that Tom Hiddleston still has a job as Loki, though. <laughs> but he's going to be definitely going to be, and and I know that it's a definite that he's going to show up in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, they said. So. Yeah, that, that announcement was earlier this week or yesterday or today. I can't remember. I saw that. Uh... Yeah, so I, I heard about that a while ago, but... It was all rumors, but now rumors are set aside and we got facts. Yep. And I really like the fact that, you know, we get more Tom Hiddleston. So he must be happy. He's got job security there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, le- let's move right along into our uh, top five, our highlights of uh, Loki season one, episode six. I know I knew everything up to a certain point, And that point was about... Seven, eight, nine, ten seconds ago. I think it's your turn to go first. Sure. Well, my number five. Well, I loved how Miss Minutes was manipulating for <laughs> He Who Remains. The, the the files that Ravona gets from Miss Minutes are, I think, a new map of the timeline where she can do something to probably meet up with a different version of Kang. Because it, if you look at it, 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 with her at the very end when she was talking with Mobius was all about opening up for free will or basically she was talking about being in charge so maybe it's her way of trying to get to the he who remains or or the kang that version of kang to work by his side you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah yeah that's that's the only thing i got out of that but i i just find it how manipulating that little clock is (laughs) <laughs> so cute. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, and it's it's kind of similar to what my my number five is, sort of. But is uh, talk about the, the the few people that we don't know, we don't see them at the very end. We we know, and you already mentioned uh, Ravona, and I'll talk about her in a second. But you know, the last image we have is Sylvie there on the floor in the Citadel at the end of time, and we don't know what happens to her after that. She still has a temp pad, so she can still go somewhere. If she wants, she maybe she's going to corral Elias. I don't know. Then you mentioned Ravona, and she talks about the fact that she's going to go off in search of free will. And and I didn't pick up on it until you just said it, but you're right because she said the only one who really has free will is the one who's in charge. Yes. So so that's a that's a good take on on your part. And then we still don't have a you know 100 that C20 is dead. We never saw her die. It was always off screen and. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that she'd come back or a variant could come back. I mean, we, we saw a variant of uh, the, 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 the wimpy little guy as a hunter in the new TVA. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we could definitely see a variant of C20. Or, you know, we saw the other variants of Mobius and mm-hmm. uh, what, B15? B15, right. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it's, well, this is, uh, I'll, I'll state it later, but, you know, literally uh, I'll state it again. That they, uh, this opened up multi-layers of not just 
of all these variants, but of the TVA itself. Mm-hmm. So that's something to look forward to. And I don't think it's going to end here. I think it's going to continue on in the MCU to some degree. I don't think we're going to see them all the time. I think we're going to be getting more people uh, that we haven't seen before. Or just even different versions of the people that we've already seen before. And that I'm not just talking about villains, but I'm talking about superheroes as well. So it's going to be very interesting now with this... Uh, with this new MCU that's coming up. Well, to move on, number four for me, well, finally we get Jonathan Majors as He Who Remains, or also known as Kang the Conqueror. And he is old, and you can tell he is tired, but left the fate of the multiverse in Sylvie's and Loki's hands, but we know how that ends up. But it was such an interesting plot twist of how he knew everything that was going to happen but only up to a certain point and i love how he just like kind of shifts saying i'm being candid right now i i fibbed i knew everything up to about five no six seven no ten seconds ago and it it's the truth and it's him just being very honest but uh, I just love that one line, and he says it to Sylvie after she, she stabs him to kill him. And he goes, I'll see you soon. Meaning that one a version of him will be seeing her soon. And according to what he says and what Loki was referring to, he's going to be the worst thing that they've ever had to deal with before, you know, so far. Because... You know, I'm thinking they're going to lead up to some sort of major event at the end of at the end, the very end of this phase of Marvel or the MCU, which is going to be pretty cool if it's what I think it is. So Jonathan Majors is my number four as well. You know, I loved him in, in Lovecraft Country. I thought he was really, really great. And I just I, I laughed every time the way he kept getting away from them and the, all their attacks, how he popped up in the elevator right there with the apple. And and half his lines are delivered while he's chewing, while he's eating. And I'm just like, oh, that was an interesting choice by the director uh, to, to go with that. But I really did love it. You know, his story had me convinced that it's 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 partly it's it's at least a little bit there's a little bit of truth in his story about how he was able to conquer all the other he who remains and become basically the the last one standing and that if they kill him all these variants of himself are going to come back from the multiverse Mm -hmm. and so we kind of get that whole and this is where i got confused about where he was going to show up later and how this ties into the Doctor Strange movie, how this ties into the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, how is this going to tie into to season two? You know, what are they going to do in, in season two if they resolve all these other things prior to that? I don't know. And it's it's great. I love that we have a, a mystery ahead of us. We don't know where this is heading. We we don't know the plot of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We don't we don't no. know the, the the we don't completely know the plot of any of these movies really going into them. And and so it's going to be interesting to see how we progress with Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. and all these other movies now that we've established established the existence of a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just find it 
fun that we finally get something, and I'm so glad they didn't pull that whole, you know, it, it like the the rumorville before this episode came out. Everybody thought it was going to be a different variant of Loki all along, but the coolest part is that there was every clue to within the last two episodes before this, leading up to it, that it was Kang all this time, and I'm just really enjoying that fact, and. Which leads me into my number three, which is the uh, history of He Who Remains. And I thought it was very enlightening. And like I stated, I love for the fact that you didn't have to be a comic reader in order to understand this at this point. Because he literally gives you his history. He gives you the reasoning for him and why he created the TVA. And... I love the whole backstory element, and it's a, a thing for us to reflect to as the movies come up to go back to if we need to. So anybody could go back to the this episode to brush up because be like, oh, who was that guy? Oh, he showed up in this movie now. So now we could go back. But I really love for the fact that this is, you know, within the comics, they, they don't say it here, but it's a version of Nathaniel Richards who is a related or a descendant of Reed and Sue Richards, or Sue Storm, from the Fantastic Four, and he explains the version of himself from Earth from the 31st century, and we get to know his origin, and he explains all that has happened, and the Kang War, and this is something that was pulled from the comic books directly, and this was our introduction to him. It was small, but gives us something to look forward to, I think. You know, it, you could actually look at that whole little synopsis. Very similar to the way that, um, if you remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2, when, what was it, uh, Kurt Russell's character, Ego, mm -hmm. explains to Peter, you know, the history and everything. You saw the little clay, remember, and then how it, created kind of visuals within his world kang or he uh he who remains does the same thing giving them an idea or an enlightenment mm -hmm. of and visual storytelling which is really cool because it's a lot easier if you're a more visual person it's a lot easier to take in mm -hmm. but i'm looking at how this is going to lead and like i said before it's going to lead us to different variants and I'm hoping it leads us to Secret Wars, and that's the the new phase of Marvel or the MCU that they lead to. Not the 1984 original comic run, but the one that came out seven years ago with the multiverse or multiple multiple ugh, multiple versions of all heroes and villains, where they had a um, battle planet. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that because every time you brought up Secret Wars in the past. Mm -hmm. My only knowledge of Secret Wars is from 1984. No, nah, there was so, one several yeah years ago where, okay. yeah, and there's a they, more recent one. Okay. There's a more recent one. They went back to it, and they had multiple versions of heroes and villains, and they had a battle world for each. Okay, and you saw a female lo uh, female Thor. You see, you saw Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker, or you saw a different version of Venom and all these different people, these uh, comics at that time. And 
the only difference was the uh, the villain in that particular series or run was literally Doctor Doom because we all know at the very end of Secret Wars two, which was in the mid eighties, just after, which didn't really do well, it had the Beyonder living on Earth and everything, but it kind of led to the idea, or at the very end of the first Secret Wars, that Doom had the power at that point. And I think that run, or the run I'm talking to that came out seven years ago, had like this whole scenario where like Doom was one in charge, kind of similar to like the Beyonder. But I think they're trying to utilize Kang in this way for the fact that they're using... You know, because basically, if you look at it, Endgame had created all this whole time jumping, all this going through and changing time. Now we've branched, and with Loki, it created the multiverse, and there's going to be multiple versions or factions, so they could easily use time and multiverse applications to create their own little world. If they bring the Beyonder in, it'd be interesting, because if everybody remembers or wants to go into it, the Beyonder, who is this godlike creature in Secret Wars that creates all these battle worlds, so to speak, or pits uh, heroes against villains or heroes against heroes, he kind of, in the second iteration of, within Secret Wars 2, takes the physical presence of the one person he admired most and thought was the strongest, and it was Captain America. So think of Captain uh, Chris Evans with black hair. <laughs> and I would I would laugh if that is the outcome, but I don't think it's going to be that at all. I think it's going to be Kang at, at a certain point. But if it goes to that route and they change it up a little bit to make it a little different from the comics to make its own for the MCU, so be it. I, I love the idea. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's what they're going to do. I mean, they, they that's what they've done all along is they change, they change yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, so my next one is just the he remains makes this offer, you know, to Loki and Sylvie to let them kind of run things. And it ends up not mattering whether he was being honest or not about, you know, like you mentioned about how he felt old and tired and he didn't know what their answer was going to be. And I'm assuming that's because Sylvie does kill him. And so that's when we get these tam these timelines branching off. And it, it was it was interesting. <sighs> this marvelous fight that we get between Loki and, and Sylvie has so many points that I'm going to get into in my further ones. But I just, I just for a moment wanted to think about what would have happened if they had said, yes, what would he have done if they had went, okay, we'll take over for you. You know, where was he going to go? What was he going to do at that point? I wonder if he would have just stopped and went, well, I didn't really mean it that I was going to let you take over or something, <laughs> you know, because like they call his bluff or something. Uh, I, I'm sure he totally expected they were going to kill him. I I think he, well, it was a 50-50 chance, I think, with him. Mm -hmm. It was either or, and he was prepared both in his mind, because if you think about it, he was thousands of years old mm -hmm. by then, and he's lived this and was controlling according to what we know, he's been controlling this TVA and going through this whole Kang war, if you, as it were, with himself and had to deal with all that process. Now he's to that point of, well, of all things, these two got passed and it's either A, they're going to kill me or B, they're going to continue and move and sit in my throne. Mm -hmm. So he knew it's it was a 50-50 shot. 
but whatever the outcome was, he was. I think he was pretty much prepared for it. Right. But, but his thought was, if they kill me, well, they're screwed. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. basically, right. in his mind. Uh, my number two. Yes. Uh, I I love the dialogue, just like you said before, with uh, Loki and Sylvie, as well as the fight together. I thought it was really engaging, and I like the fact that how Loki fesses up to who he is and how he has changed. So I think this was great in, like, character development and how they were able to get Loki to this point. Even though it was pretty quick to be similar to Loki we see in the end in Endgame, and, you know, but this is at that point where this Loki is going to move on to be... I wouldn't say an anti-hero. At this point, he's going to become a hero. So, and I think he just had to come to that reasoning. You know, he he still might be an anti-hero deep down, but I still think he's going to be the hero in the MCU or a hero, as, as it were. And I'm I'm surprised. I'll be surprised if uh, if and when he gets to see Thor, how he reacts to Thor. So my number two is uh, just as I talked about before that fight between Sylvie and Loki. I loved how how they switched in between using their blades and magic. They kind of went went back and forth. I love how there was this whole dialogue, like you said, while they're fighting about trusting each other. And I've got a couple of quotes uh, yep. towards the end that uh, that I'll I'll talk about that. But I really, it really to me, it seemed like Loki wasn't trying to kill her. She and she definitely wasn't trying to kill Loki because that's what stops her is when he jumps in front of her blade. And he, you know, he throws his blade down and her blade is at his throat. Yeah. She's about to slice uh, he who remains throat. And then she drops her blade and they kiss. And uh, but the only thing I didn't get was I even in the second watch, I never caught where she picked up his the Tim pad, how she got it from his desk, because I guess he had left it sitting on his desk. And during one of those times when she was fighting, she was able to grab it. And that's how she sent Loki back to that other that other time zone and, and yeah. time zone time tva and uh, i love that you mentioned at the beginning the whole see you soon with that little wink uh, mm-hmm. from him was just great jonathan majors really hit it out of the park at playing this character yeah and he let him play it as him gave him that classic look with the purple cloak mm-hmm. of kang now we don't see him with that weird mask or or whatever it is that he has on his face that we know from the comics, I'm mm-hmm. sure in time we will. That'll be just another version of him, maybe the Conqueror version of him. But he, I think Disney Marvel at this point, let him play it the way he needed to play it. Even though it was kind of aloof, kind of strange, especially with that apple scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love, like, maybe he was like biting the apple from the tree of life or something and mocking things. I don't know, but the way he was so cavalier about it and, you know, and then he kind of drops that facade at that point where he didn't know everything. You know, I also like the fact that, you know, in the very beginning of the show, we got those, they, they had all the recordings, all the typing out of every event that Loki and Sylvie or whoever, and he had all those papers. Yeah, uh, it, that he knew everything because of those papers, but they end after a certain point. He knew nothing after up until that point, and then he had to be very honest with himself and to them, and that was so so endearing. I just love that. Yeah. 
Well, for me, well, my last one, my my number one, that would be the last scene when Loki is sent for, uh, to a different universe within the TVA by Sylvie, uh, which has a version of how we, uh, how, he who remains in it. I can't stand using the he who remains. I'll just refer to it as Kang. <laughs> and it, that is the leader at that point of the TVA instead of the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. And Mobius has no clue about Loki and thinks he's from analytics because he, they never tapped Loki, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or they he wasn't even on their radar of that particular TVA. So, or for his Nexus event at that point. Meaning that there are going to be... You know, I've said it before, multiple versions of the TVA amongst all the multiple universes that are out there. And like I said, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing maybe we get Mobius in a movie. Maybe he shows up with uh, within S.H.I.E.L.D. at certain points, you know, and uh, they have to go back to a S.H.I.E.L.D. point And then he shows up as maybe a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or a TVA member undercover as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I'm just thinking so many things through impossibilities. It'd be so cool. Yeah, it, it sure would. And that's my my number one as well, is just that, that final scene with, with Loki running through the TVA and he finds B-15 and Mobius. And I did, the very first time I watched it, my ears kind of pricked up a little bit when B-15, we overhear her saying, does he just want us to let them all branch? And I was like, huh? Who's who's she talking about? Do they already know? That there's that there's the one guy, and of course, you know, then they point, then you know, like you said, Mobius calls him an analyst or thinks he's an analyst, and they realize he's not an analyst, and so yeah. they call for security. And Loki sees that statue where, in apparently this this universe, he's not hiding it. He's he's definitely showing everybody that he's the one who's in charge of the TVA. Yep. So I, I'm excited to see where that takes us in season two, if if something and like i said like you just talked about there's so many possibilities they can do at this point and anything we say would just be speculation oh yeah and that's all we are left with right now until the next marvel property comes into a a movie you know we already had black widow which is completely that we're going just going back in time and all that did was literally just give us a snippet of literally because it was supposed to come out after or no before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. and that just led us into introducing us to pretty much Val with that uh, end credit scene. Yeah, which I'm still confused about because it would it seems to me like it, if Black Widow was supposed to come out before Falcon, and we talked about this on our Black Widow coverage, so I don't want to dig too deep into it. Yeah, if if they if they meant for Black Widow to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier, that end credit scene would have been super confusing to everybody who watched the movie going, huh? Who is yeah. this person? And there would have been all this speculation. And then of course it would have been confirmed in Falcon and the winter soldier. I guess that was how they meant it to be, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, you have to realize in this time of where everything got halted and they had to, mm-hmm. you know, go back and yeah. reduce shots or re- like actually do new episodes because they had to stop production. Right. So it, it kind of changed everything to some degree, but I think they're trying to level it up to that point where they're going to give us out the, the content because we have a lot to look forward to mm-hmm. between now. Multiverse of Madness is not coming out until, like, I think March. Yeah, it's or, definitely uh, 2022. And we then got Shang-Chi and, and Spider-Man. Yeah, to look forward to. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, there's there's so much to look forward to mm-hmm. within this new phase, which is going to be pretty cool. So we've got some some notes here. Yep. Uh, so my first one is just I laughed. I laughed every time the way Loki and Sylvie got into their like their little fighting stance every time, like when the door opened, they and when Miss Minutes pops up, which I jumped every time when Miss Minutes, hey y'all, you know. Um, but they get they get in their little fighting stance and the elevator doors open, they get in their fighting stance. And I was just like, it was just to me, it was just it was comical, uh, the way they kept getting into their fighting stance and then not fighting, you know. Yeah, it was funny though how Miss Minutes just jumped out and gave you like a jump scare at one yeah, point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh well, the windows behind uh He Who Remains back as he talks to Sylvie and Loki look v- similar to like almost like a face. If you look at it, there's like two eyes and a mouth. But it also looks like something out of Doctor Strange's Sancti- Sanctum Sanctorum, if mm. you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I got that vibe from those windows, yeah. Yeah, but behind him is, uh, through the windows, you see the multiverse and how it's branching off, and we see it constantly, and it's, it literally, it is surrounding him, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. It's all the multiverse uh, branches. So towards the end, we see all the branches and how they just start growing and become so erratic, they explode. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So my next one is I just I find it interesting that that WandaVision leads us into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. This movie, uh, from what we know in the news, this movie kind of leads into Doctor Strange, but also is going to lead into Ant-Man and the Wasp and how Black the Black Widow movie did the exact opposite. The end of the Black Widow movie is going to lead us into the Hawkeye television show or we're assuming that's what that in credit scene was meant to. I'm assuming that it is. Yeah. So, yeah, and like I already mentioned it before when we covered Black Widow, I'm thinking of the Thunderbolts. That's a possibility, and that's Mm -hmm. who Val is working for is Ross at that point, or a version of Ross. Who knows? Because we don't know where the hell she came out of when she just popped up right behind (laughs) Yelena. At that point, we I made the joke of like the TVA portals and how she just shows up out of nowhere. It's like, where did she come from? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it to me, that was leading towards the Thunderbolts. And then, obviously, uh, Hawkeye points to that particular series that's going to come out. And, you know, for all we know, it could be the Young Avengers that they're, they're tying into as well. Because, as we know, Hawkeye teaches his daughter in the new um the hawkeye series so Haley steinwell or i forget her name uh she's uh plays his daughter and she literally becomes the next hawkeye but whether or not we lose hawkeye if uh clint is eliminated by yelena who knows but i'm i'm looking forward to it at least it, it gave us and propelled us towards a lot more stuff not exactly in a way, shape, or form that we wanted, but at least we're going to get it. Next up for me would be, well, when He Who Remains mentions himself, he mentioned himself almost as Immortus. Mm-hmm. And Immortus was, within the comics, to a lot of the enthusiasts in there, wasn't a Kang, but it was somebody who was representation of the Timekeepers. And Kang, at one point, made a deal with the Timekeepers, as I... Uh, remember if i remember correctly you guys could correct me if you want but where he wanted to help out and 
fix the timeline as it was. And I'm glad that they they kind of stayed true to that. But this is like that version of it where he was thinking Quasimodus in the comics was somebody who cared for what was going on within all the branch times and things of that nature. And then Kang was there to help. So at this point, I think they just kind of combined the characters, which is pretty cool. So mine, we've already talked about my confusion and stuff about what <laughs> yeah. leading to. So yeah. uh, we can just get into quotes if you want. Sure. I loved there at the beginning when when they're standing outside the 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 citadel at the time, and uh, uh, Sylvie or Loki says no, nothing to say, and Sylvie just says that'll be a first <laughs> for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one comes from he he who remains, and when he first talks to Loki and Sylvie and describes Loki to him, you you are the flea on the back of a dragon. I just like that little. I was like, okay, that's a good way to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explain. I love it though. You held on for the ride, though. So yeah. Um, my next one is uh, is when they do meet He Who Remains. He and they they say say that name to him. He goes, He Who Remains. She's still calling me that. Creepy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's saying all that as he's munching that apple. And just... <laughs> last one for me would you know this would be the Mobius to Ravona as they're in her office when he finally gets back and he confronts her. Friends across time, allies to the end. And it's basically using her own words against her about her betrayal to him when he, when she, uh, she, what was it, uh, Brent, like, got rid of him. I mm -hmm. forget what they call it. Pruning. Pruning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple, last couple here. When they're all talking, when he's trying to make his deal, when he remains is making his deal with Loki and Sylvie, he says, we're all villains here. We're all, we've all done horrible, terrible, horrific things, but now you get to do them for the right reason. And I thought that, or for a good reason. And uh, I thought that was, that was just an interesting way of bringing his, uh, his, his offer to them. And then my last one is just while they're fighting and they get down to the point where she asks if it was all a ruse, if it was all a con, and why they can't trust each other. And he says, because you can't be trusted, because you can't trust, and I can't be trusted. And that really comes down to that's what the two of them are. She yeah. can't trust anything he says because he can't be trusted. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting seeing what season two leads us to. Yeah. Well, she's the yang to his yang, if you think about it. <laughs> They, but they have that attraction to one another. Mm -hmm. That kiss seemed though a little bit forced, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with her uh, in the next season, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have any feedback. No. Okay. Uh, we already talked about the news that that they they have uh, confirmed it's returning for a second season. Uh, the only other news we have is our friend from TV Podcast Industries, Derek O'Neill gave us a posting or a link to an article of Kate Heron and Jonathan Majors talking about the character of he who remains and referring to him as Kang in that article. So they're basically confirming that yes, he is a version of Kang and it's already been confirmed that he was going to be the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasps Quantumania. Mm -hmm. But the whole article basically is just talking about how they weren't sure if Disney was going to let them reveal him Jonathan Majors as playing this this part in the Loki, who this part is in the Loki TV show. So it was they were really glad they got to be the ones who revealed that for a major movie. And as I talked about earlier, it's interesting that we're getting TV shows 
leading into movies and movies leading into TV shows now. That's how this whole Marvel thing is going to work, I guess. Yeah, well, I th- well, that was the original theory and thought when they created Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they were on ABC. Mm. And they they kind of marketed it that way, but never did anything with it. We only I've said it before, that was my only issue with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, mind you, I'm, I never completed the series, but they had their moments where I had characters in that show that never seen the light of day on in the MCU. But they, however, were able to give us Lady Sif or we got Nick Fury once within the, you know, the seasons that they had each. And, you know, I was so happy that we finally did get them. But, or we got, of all things, uh, the Absorbing Man, too. He was in there, and we got Deathlock, but we never saw them within the MCU itself, which I was really looking forward to, you know, like even with Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider was in there as well. And it was a version of Ghost Rider, so there's hopes that we get the more traditional Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider, not the um, second version. I'm forgetting the character's name in the comics, but we he was like yeah, a, I don't know. He was a race car driver or something, or okay. speed driver or something like that. But you know, they wanted to do that to make it so that it intertwined and worked together, but it just never happened. And that was my only letdown in that show. That that was really what it, it was very good. It was very well written. I never watched it, so I can't I can't comment. Eh, it's on Disney Plus. You can always see it. <laughs> so uh, we have some podcast recommendations. I've talked about them before, but the Nevers podcast from uh, Culture Inject Productions they are now covering the show Firefly. I think they're going to be doing an episode every two weeks. Uh, moving into the movie Serenity, I sent them a voicemail uh, a little while back. I don't know if they're going to they're going to get it to play it or what's uh, what's going on. I may try to send them one for the next episode uh, if I can, but, uh, but yeah, the Nevers podcast uh, from culture inject productions. Yep. Well, as always, we like to plug stuff that's on the network, the next level network. And that would be Wilhelm with uh, Ben Beck and his multiple guests that he has for each different category of what he's covering. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's coming out this week, but uh, I look forward to whatever he's going to be talking about. And you could hear all that on the Next Level Network. Next up would be House Podcastica when they come back. Right now, they're kind of in a little bit of a hiatus between for until Walking Dead come back. But in between The Walking Dead now, when What If comes out on Disney+, Plus, they'll be covering that on House Podcastica. And I highly recommend that you check them out as well, and as well as listening to us in TV Podcast Industries. It's really cool to get a different take or thought on these shows. And I'm looking forward to see what Jason has to say about What If, because I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, now that we got another teaser trailer, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. For YouTube recommendations, uh, I would definitely say Sean on YouTube, and that would be Sean Clark. Uh, when he does The Thing with Two Heads, uh, Horror's Hallowed Grounds, as well as Hollywood's Hallowed Grounds. So you can check him out. Uh, he ha- And Hollywood Hallowed Grounds, he covered the uh, site location or filming locations of Little Darlings recently. Horror's Hallowed Grounds, he did uh, a few others. I think it was Scream recently. 
And then the thing with two heads with him and with Sean and Chris, check that out too, because they just have a good time. And they also okay. have podcast. <laughs> All righty. Well, hopefully you are listening to us on your podcast player of choice, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcast. If there's an opportunity to give us a review, please go over there, give us a good review. We'd love to to get notification of that and read it on on a podcast or future podcast. We appreciate that. You can check out our website, which is panels to pixelspodcast.com. You can also submit your feedback on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. You can send us a good old email at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel, which is panels to pixels podcast. Go on there, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Yep. Definitely. Where else can listeners hear you, Mark? Yeah, I can be heard on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast and the Parkour Entertainment Network, and we cover action films, adventure films, thriller, and suspense films. Anything, basically, that gets you your adrenaline going. So this week, you could look forward to hearing Kat and myself, and she, we are recording, and it's a definite John Wick, too. So check that out when it comes out, and you know, just go to our uh, Facebook page, page which would be facebook.com adrenaline cinema podcast or just go to the pyrocore entertainment network.com and check that out there all right and i send voicemails to our friends podcasts that's where you can hear me yep so well that was our coverage of loki season one episode six the the finale and i really enjoyed it i liked having you know it's like unfortunately it's the last one but we have what if to look forward to i think yep a couple of weeks a couple of weeks so until then, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels, and we'll see you on the next panel. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>